this morning, um, uh, I know it's the new year, and, and um, God placed this message upon my heart last week. And, um, and so I was going to speak last week, but I got to speak this week, and I was like, God, this is the new year. You know, this don't seem like a new year message, but it is, you know, because in this new year, we always make New Year's resolutions. You know, we, we go, well, this year, you know, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to do this. And we have all these different things we're going to do. And then halfway through the year, we have all the excuses why we didn't do it, why we didn't get through it. Did you know this happened or that happened? And so that's what God placed upon my heart to speak about this morning, excuses, excuses. And as I was reading um, last week, uh, a man in the Bible, a, a very great man in the Bible, his name is Moses. His name is Moses. Uh, you know, he, he did some great feats in the Bible. But in a conversation that he had, just one conversation, Moses came up with a whole bunch of excuses on why he couldn't do what God called him to do. And as I was reading it, I was putting my name in there, a couple of places where Moses' name was at, because um, I've come up with them excuses. So if you turn your Bibles to, to Exodus chapter 3, we're just, just stay there. We're not going to, I don't have a, an opening scripture. We're just going to stay there. And as you're turning there, let me pray. Father, I, I thank you for this morning. I, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, which you have extended upon my life. I, I ask you, Father, that, that you would help me this morning to, to express and to, to preach your word in the, in the fashion, Father, that that I was able to, to study and to learn about, Lord, that, that it would come out with clarity and with simplicity this morning, that it would bless those, that people would hear exactly what you want to be heard this morning. I ask you this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, I once again thank you, Sister Chella, for always believing in me. And, and this morning I have a real good friend, my sister, uh, Val. Val is the one that converted me into an A's fan. <laughs> hey, go A's. You know, I just didn't have a baseball team, and then Val, ah, she got me. You know, I got an A's cup now. I got an A's hat, little, little hat. So I'm doing it, the A's thing. You know, I got opposition on the other side trying to convert me. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but right now I'm still an A's fan. So that's why I thank you, Val. Amen. So in, book, in, in Exodus, in chapter 3, <clears throat> The intimate relationship with God and Moses began when God confronts Moses with a mission. So how did Moses accept this mission? Did he do it with, with bold faith and, and a valiant courage? No. This intimate relationship began with excuses. It began with excuses that needed to be replaced with action. So I ask you, are you longing to go deeper in relationship with God? Are you longing to go deeper this morning? Are you longing to go deeper than you did last year? Because you know, this is the end of the year now. And are we longing to go deeper? Are we going to be more, or is our relationship with God going to be deeper? You see, when God called Moses, he gave excuses. And we need to examine them carefully so that when God calls us to serve, we respond correctly. Amen? So I ask you this morning, what is God calling you to do this morning? 
What is God calling you to do this morning? What excuse can you replace with faith-based action this morning? What excuse can you replace? You see, as the new year takes off this year and the new beginnings come, we have to know that that's, I've noticed that excuses seem to roll over. They're like minutes on them phones. They roll over every year. They just keep rolling over. Seems like the same excuses just keep coming. They just follow us wherever we go. But I have to ask you this. How would you respond to God if he came to you and said, listen, I have an awesome mission for you to accomplish. It will be part of my plan to redeem the world to myself. It will involve miracles, signs, wonders, and it will involve splitting the Red Sea and leading a couple of million people out of bondage to freedom. All of whom you will lead. How about it? What would your response be? What would your response be to that? Would you jump up at the chance or would you come up with a few excuses as to why you weren't necessarily God's best choice? You see, Moses didn't waste any time. He said, look, I'm not your guy. And Moses said, he didn't waste. He said, no, no, God, in this conversation, I'm not the one. You got the wrong person. You got the wrong person. He then rolled off a bunch of excuses, all of which didn't really impress God. And sometimes we do the same. And here are some examples that, that I found in, in, um, on the website. And these are the, 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 some of the ten top most excuses used. The number one excuse is, I forgot. I forgot. No one told me to go ahead. I didn't think it was that important. Wait until the boss comes back and ask him. Mm. I didn't know you were in a hurry for it. Mm. That's the way we've always done it. Mm, we like that one, huh? We always hear that one. That's the way we've always done it. Here's another good one. That's not in my department. Mm. How was I to know this was different? Mm. I'm waiting for an okay. <laughs> and here's a good one. That's not my job. That, this is, this, that's his job, not mine. You hear that one all the time. I hear that in the men's home all the time. That's not my job, that's his. <laughs> Let's first clarify that not all excuses are bad. Not all excuses are bad. They can be valid and reasonable if our intentions and our motives are pure. <clears throat> Believe, but to the extent to which we can give legitimate excuses never cease to amaze me. Listen to the following excuses that I found according to the United, the United Press International. And this was a, the metropolitan insurance companies throughout the world some unusual excuses for accidents from the automobile policy holders. Following are just a few. Here's, here's a few excuses people gave their, their insurance companies as to why they had accidents. It says, an invisible came out, a visible car came out of nowhere and struck my car and vanished. <laughs> okay. 
The other car collided with me without warning me of its intentions. I had been driving my car for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel and had an accident. I reached the intersection and a hedge just sprang up in obscuring my vision. Here's one. I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and headed over the embankment. <laughs> yeah. Here's another one. The telephone pole was approaching fast. I attempted to swerve out of its way, out of its path, but it struck my front end. The guy was all over the road. I had to swerve a number of times before I hit him. The indirect cause of the accident was a little guy in a small car with a big mouth. <laughs> Here's this one here. The pedestrian had no idea which direction to go, so I ran him over. <laughs> now, now, however, we know that 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 excuses go far beyond car insurance. Obviously, we need to examine ourselves to determine the motives because we could be losing out on God's desired plan for our lives and, and that always leads to at least frustration on our part and ends as we move out of God's desired will for our lives. Someone once said, excuses are the nails used to build houses of favor. So they said, are they excuses are, well, that's what they are. They, we, the more we excuses, the more we, the more excuses we give, the more we begin to fail. If you desire to go deep in our relationship with God, we need to lose the excuses and grab hold of the faith he has asked us to have in him. That's what we got to grab hold of the faith. I don't know if there's some of you that, um, Back in the day, remember Luther Vandross? Any of you remember Luther? You remember Luther? Some of y'all remember Luther? Huh? He had that silky smooth voice. I, I would try to sing a song, but he might roll over in the grave or something. I don't know. So we're going to leave it alone. But there was a popular song that he said, it, and it was called I'd Rather. So it's called I'd Rather. And in the song, he said, I'd rather have bad times with you than good times with someone else. See, in the song, he means he would. Rather be with this girl through bad times than someone else with good times. In the song, he also said that he tried to go with another girl, but it didn't do any good because she wasn't him. In fact, he goes on to say that I'd rather have the one who holds my heart. You see, in this song, he was saying having her next to him is the most valuable thing. Living life without her is unbearable. That's what the main, that's the whole thing a song was about. You see, in our relationship with God is no different. We can't turn and run from God in the bad and trying times and hide behind excuses. We got to know that without God in our lives, we can accomplish nothing. Without God with us, we can do nothing. It doesn't matter. We go and we try to find a job to take the place of God. We go and try to find a man or a woman to try to take the place of God. But nothing in this world 
can take the place of God. You see, excuses can be incredible roadblocks that restrain our relational depth with God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Does God say to you, go this way? And you say, no, I don't think so. Then again, go this way and you say, no, I don't think so. Then he says, fine, have it your way. Have it your way. So God sometimes does to us. You see, and I don't believe that none of us want it that way because we want to walk where he wants us to walk. I believe each and every one of us want us to want to walk, but sometimes fear and excuses and all these other things that the world tries to get in on us get in the way. Because we know that in walking with God, that's where the blessings are. That's where the joy is. That's where the most importance, that's most importantly, his presence is. So what do you need to do? Replace the excuses with faith. That's what we need to do. And that's how we open up the windows of the future that God wants for us. Futures filled with fulfilled promises and not fallen dreams. And the only way we're going to do that is to trust him. First, we need to understand the excuses themselves so that we don't fall prey to them when they fall on our hearts and our lips. And that brings me to Moses. We're going to examine some of his excuses. And this morning, his first excuse was, I'm not qualified. That's what he says, I'm not qualified. How many of you have said that when God has called you? When he has said, come on, I, I need you to come and join the worship team. I need you to come and, and take and go in children's church. Or I need you to go and do this. Or I need you to go and do that. And you tell God, I'm not qualified. I don't know how to do it. Here's what Moses said. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? That's what he said. Who am I? Who am I? You see, our competency must come from God first. It is interesting how Moses went in Egypt on his own accord, wanted to become the deliverer of his people. See, that's, that's what amazes me, is that I remember when I was in the world, I wasn't scared of anything. And I'm sure some of you can assess to that. When it came to the things of the world, when somebody got in your face, no matter who they were, how big they were, how many people there were, you didn't run from them. You didn't back down from them. You stood your ground. And sometimes it meant that you had somebody had to come pick you up off the ground, but you stood your ground. You didn't run, no matter what it was. Probably the only piece we did run was from the police, but that was okay. <laughs> but you see... That's what happens. But when it comes to God, but now when it comes to God, he's unsure. He's unsure. He wants, God wants us to lose the pride and rely on him and his resources. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. Not that we are competent in ourselves, claiming anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 
And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about that we got to live by the Holy Spirit. We got to live by grace and by mercy. We got to learn, live learning to trust God. You see, God uses our failures to shape us into stronger and more resilient people. And that's the good news. You see, if God didn't want to use us, if God didn't want us to use us, a preacher once said that when you got saved at the altar, you'd have dropped dead. But that's all he had for us. But he has more for us. He wants us to do more for us. None of us were saved just so that we could come and sit in the pews and come on Sundays and Wednesdays and, and just get fed and, and to get spiritually fat. We were called to go out and do great and mighty things. We were called to go out to a dying world and save them and bring them back. And we use us. God uses us. Sinners. People that, God, that the world said was not going to amount to anything. People that the world said couldn't do anything. People that the world said, man, just leave them alone. Let them die. But God's seen it different. God's seen it different. God said, these are the very people that I'm going to use to reach this dying world. Amen? Amen. And that is you and that is me. We have to know that. You see, Elijah sat down under the tree filled with self-pity and asked God to kill him. Peter failed by denying and cursing the Lord. And he was still used mightily by Jesus. He was still used. It don't, don't allow anyone to convince you that because of failure, you are unqualified. Or even worse, don't let the fear of failure stop you from following God's will by faith and allowing God to use you. There's an author I found. He had a quote. His name is John Orderberg. You might know him. John Orderberg. Here's what he says. He says, the decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. This means that to be followers of Jesus Christ, we must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of our life. And that's sobering news to most of us because we're in the comfort. But water walkers master failure. Did Peter fail? Failure is not just an event, but rather a judgment about an event. Failure is something that happens to us or a label we attach to things. It is a way we think about the outcome. So I ask you, did Peter fail? Well, I suppose in, in a way he did. He says his faith wasn't strong enough. His, his doubts were stronger. He saw the wind and he took his eyes off of, of where they should have been and he sank. So, okay, he failed. But here is what I think, John says. I think there were 11 bigger failures sitting in a boat. They failed quietly. They failed privately. Their fail went unnoticed, unobserved, and uncriticized. Only Peter, he says, only Peter knew the shame of public failure. But only Peter knew two other things. He says only Peter knew two other things as well. Only Peter knew the glory of walking on water. He alone knew what it was to attempt to do what he was not capable of doing on his own. You see, 
the feeling of euphoria of being empowered by God to actually do it. He ends with saying, once you walk on water, you never forget it for the rest of your life. Can you imagine that? Once you walk on water, you'll never forget it for the rest of your life. You see, it's through our failures that God is often getting us ready for something bigger and more brilliant. It's through our failures. You see, because all the failures I went through in life, all the things I did in life, all whatever happened to God brought me to the home. And it's, it's in this home that God began to transform me. It's in this home that God began to develop me. It's in this home that God began to give me a purpose. It's in this home that God began to give me a destiny. And this is a new year. So I ask you, are we going to be the same as last year? Or are we going to be water walkers? Are we going to be water walkers this year? Or are we going to go along like we did last year? Are we going to just come out and we're going to step chances? Are we going to go out and do things that we know we can't do? Do things that people say, no, that's that drug addict church. That's victory outreach. But we're here to say that God is going to make each and every one of us water walkers this year. Amen? Amen. Excuse number two. He says, he says, I don't know enough. God says, okay, I'll be with you. But Moses has got more excuses. How many times is that? God says, I'll be with you. But we always come up with more excuses why we can't do it. Why this ain't going to work. Why that ain't going to work. Moses said to God, suppose I go to Israel and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say to them? You see, Moses was afraid he would be asked questions he could not answer. And sometimes that's what keeps us from going out and telling people about what God has done for us. That's what keeps us because, because sometimes all we know is that, that God changed my life, that I surrendered to Jesus Christ, that I came to church one day and I went up to the altar and I surrendered. I told Jesus to come into my life and take control and then all of a sudden my life was different. I don't know how it happened. I can't explain what happened. I just know it happened. I just know that once I was a drug addict and now I'm not. Once I was a liar and now I don't lie no more. Once I was a deadbeat father, but now I want to take care of my children. I want to love my children. Once I was, I, was, I was sleeping with women all around, but now I want to do the right thing. I don't know how it happened. I just know that it happened. Because in this world today, we got all these different kind of people that, that read the Bible. We got people that used to come in to the home when I first started being a director that would come in and they would quote so many scriptures, I'd be like, hold up there, partner. <laughs> Calm down, slow down. <laughs> You're doing it too much. But what it began to show me is that they know all these scriptures. They can quote the Bible to us, but they don't believe the Bible. They don't walk by the Bible. They don't allow God to come into them and change their lives. They don't allow God to take control of their lives. That's what it's all about. You see, what was God's answer to Moses? He says, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. 
In essence, God is saying, I will be what I will be. This relationship is going to begin and end with trust. It's going to be about trust and faith. That's what this whole thing is about. That's what salvation is about. It's about trusting and believing in God. That's what it's all about. Because if you don't trust God, if I don't trust you, I'm not going to believe in you. That's what it's all about. Listen to this story I found. He said, there was a man who got lost in the desert. After wandering around for a long time, his throat became dry. And about that time, he saw a little shack in the distance. And he made his way over to the shack and found a water pump and a small jug of water and a note. The note read, pour all the water into the pump to prime it. If you do this, you will get all the water you need. Now the man had a choice to make. If I trust the note and pour the water into it, and it works, I will have all the water I need. If it didn't work, he would still be thirsty, and he might die. Or he could drink the water in the jug, get immediate satisfaction, but it might not be enough, and he still might die. After thinking about it, the man decided to risk it. He poured the entire jug into the pump and began to work the handle. And at first, nothing happened. He got scared, but he kept pumping. And water started coming out. So much water came out that he drank all he wanted, took a shower, and filled all the containers he could find because he was willing to give up monetary satisfaction. And he got all the water he needed. But now the note said, after you have finished, please refill the jug for the next traveler. The man refilled the jug and added the note. Please prime the pump, and believe me, it works. See, that's what happens sometimes. We, we come to a point where sometimes we just want satisfaction right now. We want to drink it. We want to, we, God is saying, hey, this what I guess little bit I give you, take this little bit of faith and pour it in here. And I give you everything. I'll give you all the faith. I'll, I'll give you all the water you need. I'll give you all the living water. You'll never be thirsty again. That's what he's saying. But sometimes it's hard for us because we do it and we start pumping. And like the man said, nothing's happening. Man, I'm pumping, but there ain't no water coming out. And fear sets in. And the excuse is saying, man, I should have just drank it. At least I would have died not thirsty. This man, it's not working. And we start making excuses. But we got to stay in there and we got to keep pumping and we got to keep pumping. Because eventually, God's going to come through. God's going to come through. Because God, the Bible says that we serve a God that cannot lie. If God said it's going to happen, trust me, it's going to happen. Amen? So we have to make a choice. In other words, God says, are you going to trust him or are you going to keep your jug of doubt? What are you going to do today? Are you going to trust God? Or are we going to walk around with that jug of doubt that we've walked around with so many years? Because this is a new time. This is a new year. We've got a new church. We've got new pastors. Well, they're not new, but they're new. This is a time. 
This is a time when new things are going to happen. This is a time when, when, when and things are going to happen. New things are happening in my life. Trust me, in May 23rd, 2004, was David told me that in, December, in January 28th of 2013 that I would be going to Africa. I would have told him, you're crazy. <laughs> you have lost your mind. I'm not going to Africa. I ain't never been out of the United States. I'm not going anywhere. But the crazy thing about it is that in the world, you know, I was a part of a, of a, of a prison gang. And one of the requirements for being part of this gang is you had to get rid of what they called your slave name. And you had to take up an African name. And I was like, okay. But as I think back to it then, you know, it's, it's crazy. Now God is sending me somewhere where, I don't know, it's, I don't even try to figure it out. <laughs> I ain't trying to figure it out because I, I used to read books about, about, about going to Africa, about, you know, going back to the motherland and, and this and that. And, and I was like, man, you know, I didn't really believe it. I just read it so that I wouldn't get disciplined. But, but, but here it is. It's happening. And, and that's only because, because I've trusted God. I've trusted him all my life, all my, all my saved life I've trusted him. I've trusted him, and, and each time I trust him, I'm here to tell you that he's going to take you places you can never imagine. He's going to do things in your life that you can never, ever, ever imagine. You see, we can all get guilty of doing exactly what Moses did if we focus ourselves on ourselves instead of him. We want all the answers up front, but that's not how faith works, and that's not how God works, because faith is believing in the things hoped for and the things not seen. If we seen everything that God was going to do in our lives, I don't believe many of us would do it. If I knew that I was going to go to Africa, if I knew that I was going to go to all these places, I don't know if I would go. You know, I don't know if I would, I would leave my mama. You know, but I, I have peace in my heart. I'm going to leave her. And I believe, I believe, you know, she's 95. And I believe that I'll come back and she'll be 96. That's what I'm believing. I don't believe that I'm, this is the last time I'm going to see my mom. I believe I'm going to see her a whole bunch of more times, maybe 98, 99. I tell my mama, I, my prayers are that she lives another 95 years. And then she tries to hit me with the cane, but that's okay. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Excuse number three. I don't have the ability. I don't have the ability. You see, this is very closely related to the one that just prior. This one, which is, um, which as we listen to me, it says, Moses says, I want to turn away from God's will and God's plan by declaring that God just didn't equip him for the job. That's what he's saying. God, you didn't equip me for the job. God, you didn't give me everything I needed to do the job. He says, he says, oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor in the sense have I spoken since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow in speech and tongue. What was God's response to Moses? The Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord said. He said that in Exodus 4.11. And I could understand Moses because 
When I was in the home, they told me, you're going to be a home director. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to be all these things they were telling me. And I was, yeah, okay, okay. And then the day came when, when, when I got married. Got married in June. And then we had July. And then in, in August, all of a sudden, they said, pack your stuff and go into the home. I've been out of home a year, maybe a little bit, a little over a year. And I figured I was going to be a director, but I was going to get some kind of training. You know, like maybe they were going to send me somewhere and I was going to live under a director and he was going to teach me how to be a director. He was going to do all these things for me. But that's not the way it worked. They just moved me in. And then next thing you know, I was a director. I didn't even, they didn't even tell me. My wife told me I was a director. <laughs> she did. See, at first I was just what they call him, an interim director because my director went to the Philippines. And so I was there, you know, doing my thing. And then he came back and. I was kind of unsure where to go, what to do. And then one time my wife came back from a meeting and she goes, did you know you're the director of the men's home? I go, no, I'm not Chucky. She goes, Pastor Josie said you're the director. And tomorrow she's going to call you up and tell everybody about it. <laughs> I, I was like, man, you mean director? I don't know how to be a director. I don't know how to do all that. All I know how to do is be in the home. I'm barely learning how to be a husband. You know, I'm barely learning. I'm still learning that. But it's coming along now. You see, in other words, God was saying, I have the ultimate power over all the people in the world and their senses. He says, I can give them and I can take them away. That's what he's saying. God is saying, I'm the man. I can give anybody what I want. I can do whatever I want. I don't, I don't need you, Moses. He said, God is saying that if I wanted to, Moses, I could just open up the heavens and talk to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go. If he wanted to. He didn't need Moses. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't need him, but Moses was the tool in which he was going to use. And that brings me to the other day, you know, we were in the back here taking down a shelf. Some shelves we had to take down. And, and the men were in there working, and, and they... They had a cordless drill. Now, the cordless drill didn't do the work. The men did. The cordless drill was just the tool that they used. So the drill did what the men ordered it to do. As they pulled the trigger, it took the screws out, and it did all the things. And that's the same way God is with Moses. He's the tool that God chose. And it's the same thing with you and me. We're the tool that God has chosen to go out to a dying world and bring them back to him. We're the ones, you and me. So don't allow excuses this morning to say, I'm, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not qualified. I don't have the ability. I'm unable. Yes, you are. You're able because God will give you the power to do all things. Amen? You see, See, how then can we worry and fret if we feel strongly that he is calling us to do something? How many of you feel that God is calling you to do something great? How many of you feel that God is calling you to do something great? Well, if you believe that in your heart, how can you fear? How can you, man, God, you got to know it. You got to believe it. That makes no sense if we truly believe our hearts that he is the one who he says he is. You see, what is the unshakable truth, the good news for us today? 
It is that the same all-powerful God that has control over all the people and all their senses has assured us that we have, that have his power and can work in our lives when we're doing his will and surrendering to him. You see, now in him who is, in, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That's what the Bible says. He says that in Ephesians 3.20. He says that he is able to do in us things that we could never imagine. He's able to do things in us that, that we can't do. Just like we read in that Peter. Peter was able, he was doing something that, that he couldn't normally do on his own. And we're doing things every day, every day that we come here, every day that we get up and we read our word, every day that we pray, every day that, that we trust God. We're doing things that we normally couldn't do on our own. We're doing things that when we began to look at ourselves, when we began to see us, and we began to see the change, we couldn't do that. We couldn't do that on our own. I couldn't even stop sticking needles in my arm on my own. I couldn't do those things. I couldn't hold a job. There were things I couldn't do on my own. But once I allowed God in my life, then I began to be able to do things that I could never imagine. And it's the same thing with you and me. Look around you. Look at your neighbor. That, that tells you. That tells you that God is there. That God is in our lives. Because every day I, I thank God for his grace and his mercy on our lives. And I'm sure you do the same thing. Because if any of you were like me, I know for a fact you say, man, man, there has to be a God. There has to be a God. Amen? You see, this verse brings incredible assurance for each and every one of us who is also in Romans 8.31. It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? I love that scripture. Man, that just lets me know that, man, you know, I used to think I was, I had a little bit of juice when I, when I was in the world because I belonged to this thing over here and you could kind of walk around and do whatever you wanted, you know, kind of be whatever you wanted because you had these people behind you. But now, I have Jesus behind me. I have God behind me. I have the creator of the earth. I have the creator of everything and he's walking behind me. So if he's with us, who could be against us? If we're walking in God's will, what's going to stop us? Look at us. Look at Victory Outreach. Man. Mm, 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 mm. So what is the answer to the question? If you are in Jesus and God is in you, who can be, who can be against you? What's the answer? Yeah, that's good. Pass the test. <laughs> You see, there's nothing that can separate us from the intimate love and presence God has in us. You see, as I get ready to close here, as I get ready to close, our founder, Pastor Sonny, in the beginning, when God called him to start Victory Outreach, at one point he was ready to give up. He was ready to throw in the towel. Things just weren't working the way he thought they were supposed to work. Things just weren't going the way they were supposed to be going. But then one day, evangelist Dick Mills 
an evangelist, he gave, he gave Pastor Sonny a promise scripture. And that was Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. And he says, I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through the iron bars. I will give you the treasures out of darkness and hidden wealth in secret places. So that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. And because he didn't give up, because Pastor Sonny didn't give up, today, today, people, we are one of the largest, we are the largest inner city ministry in the world. There is nobody like Victory Outreach. We got people all over the country that call us. We Why? Because they believe that we have some secret, probably got some secret to their problems. But our answer is what? Jesus Christ. That's our answer. We don't got no secret power. We just have the power of the one who has the power. Amen? So as A.J. comes, just as God anointed Pastor Sonny to do the things that he did, he has anointed Pastor Steve Pineda. He anointed Pastor Dave Martinez. He anointed Pastor Ed Morales. He anointed Pastor Rick Alanese. He anointed Pastor Mitchell Peterson. He anointed Pastor Saul Garcia. He anointed Pastor Sonny Argonzoni Jr. And he anointed Pastor Esteban Pineda and Victory Outreach in the heart of the bay to take the world for Jesus. So don't believe, people. Don't believe the lie. Like they say, don't believe the hype. Don't believe it. We're called. We're anointed to go do what no one else can do. To go places where no one else wants to go. To do things no one else wants to do. So this morning, apply this to your life. Do not only consider your excuse, what your excuses are, but also by throwing them away as you follow God. So I ask you again this morning, is God calling you to a particular ministry this morning? Is God speaking to you? Is he saying, hey, I want you to come to children's church. Is he saying, I want you to, to, to come under someone? Is he saying, I want you to go under Paul Torres because we need more teachers? And they're saying, I, I want you to come under AJ because we need more musicians. Is he saying, go to Sister Gina because we need more children's church workers? Is he saying, go with Gloria and Jorge because we need more prayer warriors? Is he telling you to, to back up Ray and Connie because we want to grow the youth? Is God calling you this morning? Is it a walk of faith? that is requiring a change in your work or your home? Is God calling you to say, hey, maybe I ain't supposed to be working no more like Pastor said. Maybe I'm supposed to give up my job and allow God to do things in my life. Maybe I'm supposed to open up my home. I don't know. We need more homes. We need more home directors. We need a woman's home. We need a woman's home. There may be one of you women out there that God's telling you, Open up your home. Come on. There's women out there dying 
There's women out there that need Jesus. We need a home. We need more men's homes. We need to raise up more directors. We need to raise up more evangelists. We need to raise up more pastors. We need to raise up more men and women that we could send to the other side of the world. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And also through him, amen, is spoken by us to the glory of God. No matter what promise he's given, just say yes. Just say yes, God has it. God has you under control. Men home. Listen to God and let him do what he says he's going to do in your life. Don't allow the failures of your life to keep you from going forward. It doesn't matter. You're in that home. Make your mistakes now. We got plenty of soap so you can wash the band and the dishes. Don't worry about it. There's some of you out there out there today that, that maybe you made some mistakes in the past. Maybe you blew it. Maybe you, you turned your back on God and you walked away. And you think, man, I, man, I can't do it. Yes, you can. That's why you're here today. So God can tell you, I can still use you. I can take you higher than you were before. I can do greater things in your life before. I can make you more resilient because of your failures. You see, we all have a choice to make. And let's close this year with this following thing. It says, don't look for excuses to fail, but look for excuses to win. That's what Chichi Rodriguez said. He was a professional golfer. He said, let's not look for excuses why we can't do something. Let's not look for excuses why we can't get involved. Let's not look for excuses why we can't come in and begin to do the things God has called you to do. Let's start looking for excuses why we can do it, why we can go forward, why we can make it happen. You see, pastor comes up here and he tells us, he, I'm sure he would love a huge church and have more, but he wants more men and women that he can send out. Go, go out there, go. And there's, God's going to always raise somebody up. God's going to always raise. Don't think that, that because you're, no, don't worry about that. Just go. Just do, just be. If you don't worry about your job, God will provide. I've been a, a home director for, for almost seven and a half years, and God has provided all my needs, every need that I have. He even provided for my mother when she lost her house. He gave her a place to live. Now, she doesn't want to leave there. I tell her, well, you want me to go find you another place to live? She goes, no, I want to live here. I, I love the home, she says. I love the home. I love the home. And that's what God has done for me. Amen? Amen. As we, as we bow our heads this morning, I, I don't know if God spoke to you this morning. 
But if he spoke to you in any way or if you have some type of excuses that you've been making, then let's this be the end of the year. Let's just say, okay, I'm not taking them excuses with me in the next year. I'm not going to be the same person next year. I'm going to be new. I'm going to allow God to take me places that I thought I would never go. If that's you this morning, these altars are open. Come on. These altars are open. Come and say, God, here I am. I'm not going to stand back no more. I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm going to do what you called me to do. I know I might not know.